before dawn, milk cows work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And of course, it's Friday, so I'm joined by Leonor Cravota. Hello, Leonor. Good morning, Scott. So I just read this, uh, what was trending on um, uh, Twitter, and it said uh, it was the Supreme Court. And uh, this just I just started reading this right as our intro was going. It says, the Supreme Court ruled against former President Donald Trump Thursday uh, refusing to grant his request that a third-party special master be allowed to review classified materials found at Mar-a-Lago. I think that whole thing is like uh, just a Biden hit job. Yes. And using his Gestapo police, the FBI, who you should never trust because the FBI sucks. And uh, and they went in there, guns a-blazing, you know, uh, basically with their body armor on and all that crap, just like they did with Roger Stone. And any other political dissident uh, that opposed their political regime. And, uh, I mean, the FBI has just gone off the rails. But they have such a storied and horrible past. Mm -hmm. And I can't stand it every time I hear somebody say, the rank and file. The rank and file is strapping on a bulletproof vest and putting on all these, you know, wearing, uh, strapping on the gun and breaking down the house. You know, they swore an oath, too. And they shouldn't be doing that. They shouldn't. They should say, I'm not going to do this job. It goes against my principles. Just like when a military personnel says, it's against my religious uh, principles to get the jab, the clot shot, you know, the one that's causing myocarditis and and uh, coronary uh, artery uh, issues and blood clots. So, you know, you should have a right to speak up and be free in America. But the FBI is is far from that, run by a bunch of soy boys, a bunch of academics, a bunch of kids from, you know, these these privileged universities. And uh, I saw a few photos yesterday in one of the committee hearings that we're going to be playing some clips from. And, you know, they're all just like part of this club, just like when the nurses during COVID in the empty hospitals and they had these fake COVID actors and things like that. 
and the nurses would be playing around in the ER because they weren't overwhelmed, despite the news telling you they were overwhelmed? I mean, every single agenda piece to the globalist puzzle is, is, is nothing but smoke and mirrors. We got fake actors. We got empty hospitals. We got Jesse Smollett. You know, you're, you're either a racist. You're either a white supremacist. Or you're a non-believer. You're going to get us all sick. Uh, you're going to, uh, you know, ruin the, ruin the planet Earth if you don't eat bugs and take the bus. Meanwhile, all these people that are preaching this are doing drugs. They're flying on private jets. And they're eating steaks. And they're doing everything that they're telling you not to do. John Kerry included. And our government has just gone off the rails with corruption. Endless wars to benefit the military-industrial complex. Open borders to uh, import slave labor. Import voters for the rigged election that's about to come. And drugs to keep our American working class Independent and under struggle and duress. I mean, the middle class is the, uh, the class of people that's having the most children. And these children are dying in the face of fentanyl and heroin and cocaine. And I would even say that marijuana is a gateway drug. You're going to see reports that are probably going to lend itself to schizophrenia and and all kinds of mental diseases. I think that that research is already out there. We've been talking about that for some time, and now it's just coming to the surface. Yeah, they want to get on uh, flavored cigars. Well, they want to do like all that. these things that are appealing to children, which for no, I mean, young adolescents. I mean, but they want to crack down on flavored cigars or something like that. They want to crack down on cigars. Cigars is such a small, minute um, group of people. Um, but they want to get, uh, they want to crack down on that. It's sort of like cracking down on uh, J6 protesters, but turning a blind eye to uh, Antifa. Antifa.com, which actually, when you type it in, Antifa.com goes to the White House.gov. I mean, they know that's happening. And it's just a shame that it's doing that. But it's two standards of justice. And already this year, in 2023, we are uh, far surpassing 2022, which was the worst year on record for open borders and gotaways and, and illegal migrants. Soon you know the next shoe to drop. They're all going to get amnesty. They're all going to somehow be registered Democrats, and they're all going to have ballots sent to them so that ballot harvesters can pick them up and mail them and, and fill them out and rig the election. And that's what's happening is is these ballots. Uh, we need to put a stop to mass mailing ballots out into the ether. Because so many people that are getting these ballots, they're not filling them out. They're not doing any of this business. Uh, they don't know whether they're registered. They got bots registering people. They have bots literally registering against IDs, the IDs that are ill-begotten because of an illegal processing system. And that's why they want more money on the border. They want more money on a border because of that. I said here, State of the Union TV ratings, for example, yeah. that happened on Tuesday. 
2017, Trump got 48 million people to, to tune in to the State of the Union. 20, it was a record, I believe. Mm-hmm. 2018, 45.6. 2019, 46.8 million people. And it was only 2020 that he had 37.2. And I'm not sure why that might have been, but that's after that's after the crossfire hurricane hoax. That's after two impeachments. And that's after they tried everything they could to wage a coup against America. And I'm talking about those damn Democrats. And Biden 2023, guess what? So Trump again, 48, 45.6 million, 46.8 million, 37.2 million. Guess what Biden got? 27.3 million. <laughs> that's a joke. It is he a got joke. 81 million votes. Are you kidding me? Well, we know that's not true. So I wrote we know this. it's never been true. I wrote this in response. I said, 81 million votes is a, res- is a result of processed ballots not delivered by the person they represented. Millions of ballots misrepresented people who were neither citizens, never registered themselves, or never filled out their own ballot. We must treat ballots as sacred and ban mass distribution of ballots through U.S. post office deliveries. We must ban online voter registration where bots can bots can process registrations. I said this, I said related to Red State, I had to close and Leonor, you know this, I had to close the what was the reason why I closed the P.O. box? Because they weren't uh processing the mail. They weren't. Because we were Red State Talk Radio or we were Scott Adams show. We were conservative. And a bunch of people down there Uber left wing. They were holding the mail and not processing it. Yeah, and literally, I would go down and complain about donations that would be coming in and things like that. And they would, they would, uh, they would say, "Oh, uh, check it later today." And then I would get the mail, and they would be postmarked thirty days prior. They kept them in a box, and they had me one time go through the box, and I found six pieces of mail. Related to me. Yeah. And they had me going through other people's mail, like in a box of mail, that yeah. they just toss it. Their work ethic was so poor, it was it was unbelievable. It was like a third world whatever. I can't tell you how bad yeah. it was. And their rates went up, and I'm paying them like $100 every six months or something for the P.O. box. And for what? So that they could... Screw me? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And this is what we've become, because I guarantee you there was a level of racism going on there. Yeah. And there was a level of di- political discrimination going on there. And that I just can't stand for. We're living in a country that's turning on itself, standing for nothing. And these poor soldiers in the history, and our great American history, yeah. Gave their lives so that people like Lindsey Graham and Mitt Romney and Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi can just betray them. Yeah. You know, Joe Biden was the worst of the worst. John McCain was just as bad as Joe Biden. And it was Lindsey Graham and John McCain and Joe Biden that were the most corrupt senators in the history of the Senate. And that's saying something. And we have a government that 
talks to the people like they're trash. I remember that interview that Candace Owens had mm-hmm. with Ted Lou. Yeah. And he played a clip out of context. And, you know, they were basically trying to say that she was a white supremacist. Yeah. When these two, you know, milk toast, white societal um, Ivy Leaguers were sitting to her right and trying to, like, be, you know, they were, they were liberal, woke. And they were pro- uh, trying to say how uh, personal responsibility is not really the bigger part of the equation that you need to throw government money. And basically the government money is all about buying votes. That's what it's about. It's, it's we're going to give you this money and you're going to vote for us to get this money. And that's how you're buying votes. And she uh, get, let them have it. It was an epic it was an epic response by Candace Owens. Well, Matt Walsh had his own moment yes. by this guy in Tennessee. It's a Tennessee state rep. And he was before the Tennessee Congress. And this guy named Representative John Ray Clemens. Sounds like James Earl Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Who James. was also murdering people in Tennessee. Right, right. Um this was Nashville. That was Memphis. <laughs> Same state. Yeah. Um, but uh, in any case, um, this clip was was really epic, and I thought really really funny. Matt Walsh, man, don't mess with Matt Walsh. He is great with his comebacks. Yeah. And uh, you know, I didn't know he didn't have an education, but who cares? Because the guy is super smart, right? And um, who cares? whether you have an education or not, uh, and get indoctrinated by a bunch of left-wing radical lunatics. So here we go. Can you give us a summary of your educational background or your healthcare education? So he's already picking on a citizen. Mm -hmm. Picking on a citizen for not conforming to the social norms of getting a liberal education, right? Again. Can you give us a summary of your educational background or your healthcare education experience? Mr. Walsh, you're recognized. My experience in healthcare? Your educational background. I'm just curious. You, 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 you've testified as to a lot of your own research. So I'm curious for what purpose you do that and what background you have to qualify you to speak to that. Well, my background that qualifies me to speak to this is that I'm a human being with a brain and common sense and I have a soul. And so, therefore, I think it's a really bad idea to chemically castrate children. That is my experience. Um, also, I, I did, now it's true, I didn't, I didn't go to college, but I did go to school long enough to learn how to read so I can read the data for myself, and that's exactly what I've done. Representative Clements, you're And for what purpose do you um, conduct your research and use this brain of yours? Mr. Walsh, you're recognized. I use it for the purpose of trying to protect children from being castrated and mutilated. That's one of the things I try to do. You don't use it to. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. You don't use it to get clicks on your publication. Well, are you using it right now to try to get clicks with this interaction? I I I I really like the idea of getting uh, of of drawing attention to the fact that this is happening to children. I know you seem to find it very amusing. I don't. And he went on with that too. I wish I had the longer clip because he uh, said, "Do you?" Support the mm-hmm. g- uh, mutilization <laughs> and gender mutilization. Yeah, mu- do you, mutilation. Do you, uh, mutilation. And uh, 
of children, castration, and uh, the guy didn't respond. Well, you know what also I find problematic with this is the the patronizing way in which he was spoken to, what Matt Walsh was spoken to, saying, well, what do you, do you use this brain of yours? I mean, who talks that way? Nobody talks that way. Well, yeah, but you know what? He didn't take the bait. Yeah. He was smarter than that. Exactly. He didn't take the bait. It would be a typical Democrat that'd be like, sir, I'm very offended, you know, and uh, he didn't do that. Don't apologize for your beliefs, folks. Why is it always liberals, though, that support this Mm -hmm. This craziness, and why are they doing it? Why? I so don't, that they, well, I mean, what part of the LGBTQYXYZ two uh, to the second power? Yeah. Um, why in the world do they support this? Why do even the, even if you're a wackadoodle that wants to change your identity and be a, a an apricot for a day, and go to the apricot bathroom? Um, what I'm saying is, why in the world do you want to do that to children? Right. Like, you're an adult. Okay, if you want to put a nose, you know, uh, if you want to be a freak, go ahead and be a freak. Right? Right. That's fine. It's America. You can do that. You can get your freak on, and that's fine. Nobody's complaining about that. Just don't teach my kids. Right. Just don't get a job as a teacher or a groomer. Or, you know, like in the case of Sandusky in Penn State, right? Yeah. Remember that case? Um, he was a Joe Paterno's defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And he starts this um, second act or something like that, some, some sort of a, a, a nonprofit organization to help kids. Right. And that's how they do it. You know, th- there's talk about Madonna doing the same thing now. Trafficking children out of Africa. So it's like, oh, aren't you woke? Aren't you great? You're using your money for good to help these kids. No, it's it turns out it's very like it's very possible that she's running kids out of Africa to be sex slaves. Well, this is the same thing that was happening with the priests because often the kids that ended up with very close relationships with priests were the children that needed some outside counsel, that needed a big brother or something, yeah. and that relationship got twisted. And that that's what's happening with these scenarios. So here's this Stephanie Copas Campbell, ambassador for gender equality, looks as though she looks as though she's been MK altered, really. She's got these bug eyes. <laughs> Uh, why is that? Why is it that it's only globalists that seem to have an interest in engineering gender equality? And you know, Amble, Australia's new ambassador for gender equality. I'm incredibly honoured to take on this role as the lead international advocate for Australia's commitment to gender equality and the human rights of women and girls and persons of diverse gender identities. In this role, I'm committed to listening to those who are dedicated to promoting gender equality and learning about the perspectives and priorities in communities, in countries, in our region and globally. Promoting gender equality is the right thing to do, but it's also the smart thing to do. It is central to Australia's diplomatic, economic development and regional security, as well as our international engagement. I look forward to working with partners in Australia, in the Pacific, in Southeast Asia and globally to progress the Australian government's priorities to increase women's economic empowerment, women and girls' leadership and to end sexual and gender-based violence, to improve access to health and education services and progress the women, peace and security agenda. Did you hear all those agendas and different things for humanity? And this, 
It's like they could have put, we're going to go ahead and harvest cantaloupes and it's going to do all this. They just like put the object out there and then they tell you what it's all, all what it's going to do. And 20 years later, you have nothing but a mess on your hands. Well, I'm all None for of gender equality. I'm all for gender equality, but they're not actually advocating when for Leah gender. When Leah Thomas of, goes and swims with the uh, women, yeah, guess what? There's no gender equality. Well, exactly. There. That's what I'm trying to say. Is there's no gender equality because this is gender distortion. If you're talking about gender equality, such as equal pay for women, etc., fine. They've been fighting that battle for more than 50 years. But on the other hand, what's going on here is not that. What's going on here is it's saying they're arguing for a man to say that he's a woman and a woman to say that she's a man and blah, blah, blah. Oh, it blah, never blah. goes the other way, though. Yeah. Uh, you don't see women wanting to compete with the men and be uh, win a gold medal no. in weightlifting. Because they know they can't win. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's like, the thing about women is we're smart enough to know we can't win. Yeah, well, it's, it's, you can win in a lot of things. No, you can I, win I know in archery. The, no, in, but there's a lot of sports in which oh, the man no, is going to be stronger. But the ones look, where you have to be more nimble. Wh- men, and uh, women, men and women are equal in my book. Well, they're equal in my book, too, but the point is... In fact, I think you have an unfair advantage here. How, why do I have an unfair well, because you're prettier than I am. Oh, well, you're very pretty, Scott. Uh, but what, but my point, my point in saying this is that women and men have different strengths. And there are, phys- there are women that are physically strong women. And there are men that are not as physically strong yeah, as other that. men. We know all that. But the point is we shouldn't be distorting the genders. And we shouldn't be yeah. creating new ideas of no, what it is it, to be a woman again, or we, to be a man. That, this is just nuts. You heard me talk about Title IX and wrestling. So many wrestling programs have been cut so much sacrifice has been made as a result of title nine impact on ncaa sports but you know it's it's one of these things where overnight these libtards are going to ruin it all the progress that was ever made for women's sports because you're going to have nothing but transvestites competing in women's sports and it's going to be the biggest joke and it's happening in the olympics and it's happening all over the world because we have this globalist agenda. And it's all about an attack on Christianity, Judeo-Christian values. It's attack on, well, it's a, first and foremost, it's an attack on Christians. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost. And secondly, uh, because if you put God, you, you, uh, Christians always put God ahead of government. Mm-hmm. And they put family ahead of government. And... They're trying to reduce the world's population. And so, therefore, um, that's how they get there. Speaking of the world's population, so um, there's a couple of things here. Um, I had, there was this um, harp system. The harp system, oh, I'm trying to find that, that article, but basically, uh, there's this harp system I posted. And um, right here, I said, so this harp system is, I said, it's a big object. It looks like a big, huge umbrella that's sideways. And it says, this isn't a microwave for canteen kitchens. This is an, this is a H-A-A-R-P Elf wave facility. Thank you for the person who emailed me and... uh, and by the way, if you want to communicate with the show, you could always email scott at scottadamshow.com, and I get that. Um, scott at scottadamshow.com. But uh, I got this um, 
I got this uh, email and uh, that gave me a name, and I'm I'm gonna uh, hopefully maybe get this person on. Yeah. Um, related to harp and mm-hmm. it says this is a harp elf wave facility. These waves penetrate everything on Earth, and exactly with these elf waves, you can ignite fires where you want to destroy something. Earthquakes included. Tsunamis included. So, you know, a lot of people have been talking about some anomalies or some oddities associated with the Turkey-Syria um, earthquake. And and then you got the you got the uh, weather balloon yeah. or whatever China was putting mm-hmm. over our yeah. you know, our surveillance balloon or an EMP balloon or whatever you want to call it. I still think it was so dumb that they're now making excuses. We shot it over the Atlantic because it's not as deep as the Asian Azores yeah. seas, uh, the seas out by Alaska. Mm-hmm. Um, so they um, they decided that's where they were going to let it spy throughout our whole country, and then you know go from there. I, I don't know why they didn't shoot it over land, and then not only that, why didn't they just pea shoot it? Get a BB gun, shoot it, put a hole in it, a pea hole in it, and then get a net. And, I mean, surely we know how to do this stuff. Drop a net on a balloon and weigh it down and bring it to Earth. And why would you want to do that? Yeah, why wouldn't you? I mean, there's – and I'm not an engineer and I'm not a scientist. But, I mean, there there – there's people in the balloon industry. And I'm talking about the cargo shipping balloons, the big ones, the industrial balloons that carry heavy equipment um, that's been used. They, they've had balloons get away from them, and they know how to strap them down. You know, why not uh, drop a, uh, a rope around the satellite uh, portion, the solar panels, that were f- uh, and drop a, drop a rope, and then let the rope, and then pull it down? I mean, th- there's got to be all kinds of marvelous ways to achieve that goal. But I said this. I said the same people... Oh... Yeah, well, let's see. I I just closed it. But the same people that are behind these types of weaponry are the same people. I said, who needs nuclear weapons when you can kill hundreds of thousands of people to lower the world population while blaming climate change simply by using the Harp Elf Wave facility that can cause fires, earthquakes, and tsunamis? In other news, the globalist World Economic Forum ambassadors who profited from COVID vaccines, also support depopulation. No, no surprise there. I mean, you don't want to have, you know, Frankenstein working on your surgical Mm -hmm. needs, right? I mean, you don't want to have the guy who made Frankenstein working on routine surgery. Yeah. Uh, I need some plastic surgery. Um, Okay, here's the Frankenstein guy. He's going to do it. He's going to do your job for you. I mean, it's actually, you know, the the fox guarding the hen house. You know, we know how corrupt they are. So um, the other news, before we get to uh, the stuff that happened on Thursday with the committees, and we have a lot of clips for that, Biden ordered U.S. Navy diving teams to plant C-4 explosives. This is something you're not going to hear anywhere but here probably. Now, this is written up in the Daily Daily Mail, and... um, it's pretty well documented, and Tucker did talk about it, but he yeah. didn't say the word C4. And he, I said, Biden ordered U.S. Navy diving teams 
to plant C4 explosives on three Nord Stream pipelines in June of 2022. They detonated three months later using a sonar buoy, which sent a signal that triggered the bombs, leading to the worst environmental catastrophe in history. And the NATO alliance did that. The NATO alliance polluted the earth. And this is the same monsters that get together for the World Economic Forum to tell you to eat bugs and fly commercial while they fly private and they eat steaks. And they're burning up uh, our fertilizer plants, burning up our chicken farms. Uh, Why? Because it turns out that, you know, and I said this before, yolks, yolks have an impact on um, against spike proteins. So, you know, go figure that, right? That's kind of an interesting thing. Well, here's what Tucker had to say about this particular piece. I'm going to play this right here. So before the war in Ukraine even began, both Toria Newland at the State Department, the number two of the State Department, and Joe Biden threatened to blow up the Nord Stream pipeline. Watch. I want to be clear with you today. If Russia invades Ukraine, one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward. If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine again, then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. But, but how, will you, how will you do that exactly since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control? We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. So, so right there, you know, what I wrote was this, uh, and uh, what I read was this. Biden ordered U.S. Navy diving teams to plant C-4 explosives on three Nord Stream pipelines in June of 2022 back when he said that yeah they detonated three months later using a sonar buoy system which sent a signal that triggered the bombs leading to the worst environmental catastrophe in history he did that he did that on purpose and he knew and when he when he answered that question now that the date of that was february 2022 mm-hmm Okay, uh, when he said that. Yeah. And then in June, they put a diving team down there. So then the pipelines actually blew up. These are the pipelines that bring natural gas from Eastern Europe to Western Europe to keep the European economy going. And they exploded, causing the single largest human-caused environmental disaster in all of history. And again, setting Europe on the road to actual poverty. So it was an unpopular event, and Joe Biden denied any responsibility. In fact, he blamed Russia. Joe Biden and his whole administration told us that somehow Russia, for reasons they never made clear, just because they're evil, had sabotaged their own energy pipeline. Watch this. It was a a deliberate act of sabotage, and now the Russians are pumping out disinformation and lies. Well, who's the liar? Yeah, exactly. Who's the liar? Who's the liar? Who could you trust? And why are they censoring Russia when they seem to be telling the truth? Yeah. And it's our own government that's lying through their teeth. It's unbelievable. 
why nothing is done about this. It's right there. He's no better than Baghdad Bob. Yeah, true. So that was in September, and it was obvious from the very first day, well, that's not true. It's not that Vladimir Putin is too good a person to blow up Nord Stream, but, like, why would he? It only hurts him. And, by the way, it really hurts Western Europe. But a lot of media outlets repeated that lie dutifully. That's what they do, and attacked us as Putin stooges for having questions about it. Well, we know a lot more now. There have been a number of official investigations of what happened, and not one has found any evidence of Russian involvement. And now we have the actual answer to what happened. Oh, the Biden administration did it. For real. Investigative reporter Seymour Hersh, who's been around for more than 50 years, just wrote a piece on Substack that includes this, quote, Last June, the Navy divers, U.S. Navy divers, operating under the cover of a widely publicized midsummer NATO exercise known as Ball Tops 22, planted remotely triggered explosives that three months later destroyed three of the four Nord Stream pipelines, according to a source with direct knowledge of the operational planning. Now, this piece continues. It's probably the most comprehensive news story you will read this year. Seymour Hersh on Substack, you should read it. And it recounts in detail meetings with the National Security Advisor at the White House, where this was planned, exactly what explosives were used, how they were triggered, by what aircraft, on what day. So many details in here that it is not possible that it's not true. It is true. And in fact, no one in the high level of the U.S. government is denying it with any specificity and said the White House is just dismissing this utterly false. And no reporters are following up on this. Yeah, and we're supposed to take these monsters seriously when it comes to the environment. Right? Exactly. That's absolutely absurd. It's ridiculous. All right, so... um, Doctor, uh, someone I follow, Dr. Lupus, uh, says, raise your hand if you are more afraid of the World Health Organization than the bird flu. Uh, All right, let it be known that there are two people in this studio (laughs) that have raised their hands. And uh, I hope everybody listening is raising their hands right now. Go ahead, raise them. You can do it. Uh, Yeah, here we go. All right. (laughs) Oh, so this is the other one I, I was looking for and I couldn't find it. This is one I've already said. I've already um, spoke to this one uh, earlier in the week, but uh, I'm going to read it again because it's kind of important. Chicken egg. Uh, uh, we got John calling in. All right. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take that, but uh, in just a moment. Here we go. So um, we got this. Chicken egg yolk antibodies block the binding of multiple SARS-CoV-2 spike protein variants to human ACE2. No wonder they're poisoning chicken feed that reduces egg production and setting chicken fires farms on fire. Egg yolks block the binding of multiple SARS-CoV-2 spike protein variants to human ACE2. Eat more eggs to protect yourself against COVID and say goodbye to vaccine mandates. Of course, maybe that's why they hate eggs so much these days. Yeah. Um, but it's the globalists that are actually cutting off our food supply, contaminating it, and all kinds of things. All right, uh, John uh, from Chicago, uh, welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Morning, Scott and Leonora. Morning. morning. I have I have two quick points for you. One is responding to the issue with the Nord Stream 2. I 100% agree with everything you said. I would just add there's a potential for more escalation. Now, the, the Russians may decide, well, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. There's the Norway to Poland uh, pipeline that went up right about, I think that same day it actually opened up. Same the day of the blow, uh, the explosion of Nord Stream. That was so probably symbolic. Up, well, of course, yes, of course. And well, the Russians could perhaps. 
probably do the same thing with that pipeline, blow it up really right as next winter comes to really dial up the pain. Right. And what are we going to do about it? Say, well, that's an act of war. Well, guess what? You just did the same thing. Yeah, so exactly. That's your justification. Tell that to your own people. You know, what else? What are that's you do a great about point. It? That's a really great point, John, that you just made. Yeah. Now, one thought was they could blow up the transatlantic cable. That would really be devastating for the communication, although there are satellites. But I think this would probably be a more tit-for-tat appropriate one. So that, that's one level. Aside from the fact that we uh, don't man, have the... Uh, allow me to interject just for a moment. Allow me to inter- they, You know, at Davos, they were focusing, just like they did with 201 event on pandemics. And Davos, they were talking about internet outages. And I... I wouldn't be surprised if they sabotage those underwater cables. And maybe it's because of the interest of satellites. You know, because there's a lot of money in satellites, and satellites is the future. And cables underneath the the water have a shelf life at some point. They they rust out. Um, And maybe they're just going to look at this as 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 a coercive technique to get you to go with satellite technology rather than cables. Right, fast forward to the yeah. next technology. And I don't know how much of the, and you might know this better, but how much of the Internet traffic that satellites can handle alone and how much of the telephone traffic, perhaps all of it. I don't know. I would have thought all of it, but perhaps I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't really know the that, math on that. The other, and the other uh, matter is the, the WHO, just briefly. You know that, and you may have talked about this, WHO is proposing certain uh, rules, which basically treaties, which once you sign those, and I think you may have talked about this, but once you sign those, it essentially supersedes your own national sovereignty with regard to shutdowns, whatever, vaccines, masking, anything of that nature, which of course would entail things like uh, vaccination cards. Oh, we're handing over our constitutional rights to the United Nations, the World Health Organization, uh, and who knows? Maybe uh, the World Economic Forum will be next, and they're private. Well, right, and then they say, "Well, we have a treaty obligation. We, this is this is super. Uh, this is above the national law." That that is that's been a problem before. And if they get a Democrat House, Senate, and President, and maybe a, a compliant Republican minority who doesn't want a, a filibuster, that could go through. And this is, I mean, that's a backdoor way to get one world government, if you think about it. I mean, maybe it's not one world government purely, but it's more world government. It's a backdoor oh, way that's to what get they're, more world They're openly working toward world. that now. They've, le- they've taken the veil off. That's exactly what they're working for. Yeah. So those are the only two things I wanted to contribute today. I could go on and on about the Russia-U.S., uh, the Russia-Ukraine thing, but uh, I won't bore the audience. But that, that will be, I think, um, sort of drawing to a close over the next several months. We're all, you know, all over but the shouting, so to speak. Right, right. Which, you know, at that point, maybe then that changes the geopolitical order. We, we see less of the nonsense. I'm afraid, guys, we have to go bankrupt before before the, it, things really change. But that, that's a tragedy. But I that's, agree. That's another matter. I agree. And it's going to end up sort of like Cloward and Pivens uh, or Solinsky predicted, which is, Break it all down, destroy it all, and then rebuild it in the fashion you want to see fit. The only problem is, um, it used to be that I always thought that one whoever breaks it is going to not be able to fix it because we have a democracy. But because we have rigged elections, uh, the chances are that, and because we're ceding our uh, rights and powers 
to globalist agendas, um, more than likely what's going to end up happening is they're going to break it down and they're also going to get to rebuild it. And that's the problem. Well, well, these, these are little children. They think they're like children destroying a Lego structure, except when you take a half the blocks away or two-thirds of the blocks away because you're a lot poorer, you can't build so much. And that's the problem. When you destroy something, when you destroy Rome, for example, it didn't come back. And it's very difficult to get back to where you that's were. Right. You destroy that... the institution, the family, the church, the sense of honor. I mean, that, that, the, the more laws you have, that's generally, I would argue, it could be a sign of complexity, but it's also a sign of a lack of societal cohesion and trust. So the proliferation of laws, and they, they talk about this, I think, even in Rome, but the proliferation of laws is a problem for society as well, because so much gets you know, bound down in bureaucracy and legalese, and all this sort of brings things down. At some point, you destroy these basic institutions of trust and of honor and of sacrifice of family, and things don't come back so easily. That's the problem. They, they don't realize they're not going to rebuild. Rebuild with what? You lose the dollar status. I mean, That's all right. these things are going to make it so much more difficult. That's, you know, you're, you've been so good today with some of the points you've made. Uh, they're profoundly true, but profound points indeed. Um, you know, that is so true that they're not going to, they're going to be broke. I mean, BlackRock is even laying off right now, you know, and you get all good. these globalist corporations are laying off and, um, and uh, and we're about to head into a global recession. And when you have this economic collapse, whether it's uh, BRICS collapsing the U.S. dollar or a whole host of other things that could be happening. Um, yeah. And usually it was America's sh- the shining star on the hill is, is going to be broken. And without America in the world, um, there's going to be very little uh, and there's going to be a lot of confusion. There's going to be a lot of competition. There's going to be a lot of backstabbing as to who's going to you know, jockey for position. Um, and you're right. Rome never did rebound, and neither will the world if the globalists have their way. Well, I don't know if the world will be so bereft. I think there will be competing systems. And actually, I think having a lot of nationalism and, and cultural identity. You know, we've, been, we've been one of the ones pushing that transnational identity, that global identity, we're the main purveyors, the main sort of enforcers. If we go away, so to speak, as a power, that allows sort of cultures to stay strong and basically sort of rebuild themselves in, in yeah, the way they want to, to maintain their true, own identity. I think that could be a very good thing. That might be. Sorry. And that's, that's, the, that's actually the very positive view on it. Um, there could also be anarchy. So, you know, you never know. Yeah, you're right. I would just say a couple modern examples of collapse. Look at Venezuela. In 1960, I think they were, if not the most prosperous in, in Latin America, they were yes. one of the most. One of the wealthier societies in the world was Venezuela, and they collapsed that, and look at them now. And Argentina, people don't realize this, Argentina, around about 1930, before were, my understanding is they were as wealthy, or maybe a little bit wealthier per capita than the U.S. I still find that hard to believe, but they were very relatively wealthy. You got a Peronist. Peronist is basically a socialist. He brought in national health care, which was great at first, and collapsed. And then since then, they're still a successful country. I mean, they're not third world, but they've never gotten back to that point. And they've had a series of currency collapses. They haven't really gotten back there. So it's, you're not guaranteed to get to get back. And I just say, Soviet Union when they they fell, they they were obviously never as strong as we were, but they had. You know, they had a certain sort of social network, safety network, blah, blah, blah. But 
the number of people in poverty apparently went from about 4 million in the, in the 80s, like pure poverty, to like the number I saw was 74 million, but it's just tens of millions. Mm-hmm. And they had some factors in their favor to sort of buttress them. And they also had a, a greater sort of cultural cohesion in terms of who they were. I mean, the base of their Slavic. Yeah, they're Asiatic, more homogenous, yes. There. And so that made it easier, I think, for them to sort of survive that fall. And there were some other factors, too, is that they all had an apartment. They kind of, you know, they just kind of kept their apartment. They kind of, you know, kind oh, of... Oh, they, they, they live within their know. means, and they were not very materialistic, yes. But then, and, and that's why, like, one of Putin was so popular, per capita income has gone up at least about 600% since he came into office in two, 2000, which would have happened to some extent anyway, right? Yeah. Because, and, you know, you came from the bottom. But that's one of the reasons the guy has been been popular. They've really, really improved since he came in. So there is there is some light at the end of the tunnel, but it was tough for them. And I think it would be it could be tougher for us in a lot of ways because right. there's going to be a lot of problems. Right. I don't hey. want to sound like uh, the sky is falling. But anyway, yeah. I'll let you go. Thank you so much for calling. Thanks, All right, John. Take care. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, so um, we're going to go ahead and play some clips now. We're going to get into this uh, some of the committee hearings from yesterday. We're uh, a little bit behind schedule now, so we're not going to get to hear all the clips, unfortunately, but we're going to hear some really good gems. Um, so let's take a listen to this. Josh Hawley. We know that Twitter did reach out to somebody on the day of the Hunter Biden laptop story, and it was the FBI. We know that at 3.30, I believe it was in the afternoon on that day, they set up a conference call with the FBI. And lo and behold, after that, they decide, oh, my gosh, yeah, we have got to censor this story. We've got to throttle it down. And, of course, the FBI knew that it was 100 percent legitimate. They'd had the laptop for over a year. This was an attempt, Jesse, to suppress a story that could change a presidential election. It was deliberate on Twitter's part and the FBI's part. And I tell you what, that's a pretty big story, and the people of this country deserve to know exactly the facts. No, it's not a big story. It's just a hiccup, and the laptop's half-fake, Senator, according to AOC. You know, here's the thing that strikes me about that. I thought maybe she was auditioning to be the next chair of Joe Biden's disinformation board. (laughs) It's either that or she's been living in a cave for the last year. I mean, nobody says that it's disinformation anymore. I mean, even the most bald-faced liars like the Washington Post and the rest of the media now admit that actually, no, it's 100% real. As you pointed (laughs) out, Hunter says it's actually his laptop. So listen, AOC and the rest of the Democrat Party, they love big tech censorship. Jesse, they love it. And they are willing to lie about it and to lie about the facts in order to keep the big tech censorship regime in place. That's what today was all about. Well, Well, that's the only way they can win, right, Right. Leonora? That's the only (laughs) way they can win. (laughs) So this is on uh, Mitt Romney had a bad day. Yeah. And thanks to Tulsi Gabbard. Let's take a listen. More recently, U.S. Senator Mitt Romney accused me of treason, a crime that is punishable by death under our laws. I challenged him to back this, back this serious allegation up with evidence. What was this based on? There was no response, no explanation, no evidence, and certainly no apology. Now, these accusations are often shrugged off as, well, hey, it's politics. People say things about each other all the time. Now, that may be easy for some of you to say, but... For somebody who wears the uniform, this is serious. And it's serious not only to me, but to my fellow service members 
and veterans, every one of us making a decision at some point in our lives to raise our right hand, prepared and volunteering to lay our life down for this country. What does that mean in reality? It means that before every deployment, in our own hearts, we have to make peace with the possibility that we may not come home. It means writing letters to our loved ones, trying to find... Well, you know, she made a good point there, but a lot of people think that she might be on the VP list. I don't think so. But, you know, you haven't chimed in at all um, about uh, something that happened on Tuesday, and that's... um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, I was blown away by Sarah Huckabee Sanders' speech. I mean, the reason why I haven't chimed in is I wasn't on the show the day after the uh, State of the Union. But I thought what was amazing about Sarah Huckabee Sanders was that she really very coherently articulated what was wrong with Biden and her juxtaposition of her being the uh, first female governor of the state of Arkansas versus Biden being the first president to uh, succeed to to hand over uh, what the definition of a woman is to the woke uh, crowd was, you know, very compelling. Yeah. Well, we got one more clip. Uh, we have a lot of clips, but uh, we got one more that I'm going to try to play here. This was uh, Matt Gates. His his re, his talk with uh, the FBI was amazing. Um, let's take a listen. Gates. Mr. Williams, wouldn't the American people feel like this government wasn't so weaponized against them if there wasn't such a revolving door between Department of Justice senior officials and lobbying? I, 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 I don't quite follow the premise of your question, sir. It's pretty easy. Okay, so I've been talking about this and how you end government corruption yeah. is this revolving door. Right, it's the military-industrial complex. Yeah, or yeah. anybody, just lobby, DOJ becoming lobbyists, yeah. Pentagon officials becoming part of the Raytheon and Lockheed Martin. I've been talking about this for a long they, they're time. They're working hand-in-hand, the so, private industry and the government. So that's why government. I think this is important. So let's take a listen. See, there's a revolving door between senior officials at the DOJ and the lobbying profession. Do you think that that gives the public more or less trust. There are rules governing what employment, and this is based on my understanding, I've been government for 15 years, governing what post-government employment can be. One, what individuals' actions can be once they're employed elsewhere, but also what they're allowed I mean, to do. Lobbying is influence peddling, and you are the principal at the Rabin Group, which is a lobbying firm. And I would observe the reporting of Project Veritas, where Jordan Tristan Walker, who's a director of research and development, said on a recording, One of the things we're exploring is like, why don't we just manipulate COVID ourselves, mutate COVID via directed evolution? Pfizer is a revolving door for all government officials. It's pretty good for industry, to be honest. It's bad for everyone else in America. Pfizer is one of the clients of the lobbying firm that you're a principal of, isn't it? I do not represent Pfizer. I do not know, you're, sir. You're a principal of the Rabin Group, right? No, I, that, that is correct. I, I okay, mean, uh, I Mr. Chairman, so I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record the clients of the Rabin, Rabin sure. Group, which include Pfizer. Without objection. Not just Pfizer, but Google as well. And in response to the Twitter files, we saw a statement come from the FBI where they said correspondence between the FBI and Twitter show nothing more than examples of our traditional, longstanding, and ongoing federal government and private sector engagements are there such engagements between the FBI and Google? 
When you say such engagement, sir, I don't quite... Does Google follow. engage with the FBI, Mr. Williams? I don't work for either Google or the FBI, well, sir, I, so Gosh, I I'd, I'd have to again point you to your own client list that you advertise on your own website, which includes Google. Does it surprise you that at the Raven Group's website, Pfizer and Google are clients? It does not surprise me, sir, no. I, the the Soros-funded Open Society is one of the clients as well. Does that surprise you? Sir, I don't have our client list in front of me right now. I will, uh, assuming that's what it says, I will I will take your word for it. Yeah, I would think that maybe one of the legislative initiatives we could pursue would be to tighten this revolving door that folks at Pfizer and folks at Big Tech seem to freely acknowledge in which you seem to be the incarnate of the revolving door. Uh, Mr. Baker and Ms. Parker, I want to assure you both that we time. come not to trash the FBI, but to rescue the FBI well from political capture. And it seems as though that political capture was really enhanced when Robert Mueller took a lot of the authority and power away from the field offices all over our country and centralized that power. Uh, uh, Mr. Baker, do you believe that through legislation we might be able to restore the system of office origin where, where events occur, people are able to conduct investigations in the absence of the influences of Washington, D.C.? There's no doubt. Congress can be an advocate. You're doing a lot of good by having these hearings, this panel. Uh, a lot of these things, though, have to be done internally by the DOJ and the FBI. But there's absolutely a role for Congress uh, looking at... And so it goes on there. And uh, I just think, you know, that was one of the first times I heard solutions being offered. And that's what we to need. To fix these problems. We need solutions, We're not just complaining. All right, so what are you up to yeah, these Yeah, right days? now I actually am working on a few events, and I am also working on um, some additional book reviews. I'm going to have a book review about Palo Alto and the history of California capitalism in the world that's going to probably be out within the next week or so. And if they Google Spectator and Leonora Cravota, they'll find your page. They'll find right? my page. Yeah. yeah. But you can go to spectator.org and then and when they get to that page, you'll what find do they every do? they'll find on the front page, I'm probably about 6 to 7th name down, you'll find yeah. me. And be sure if you want to get a list of all of my podcasts, all you have to do is go to scottadamshow.com. That's scottadamshow.com. If you want to make a donation to help out Red State Talk Radio and uh, scottadamshow.com, go to magapack.org, our nonprofit arm. Uh, that is advancing America First policies to make America great again. We hold events in D.C. and do a whole bunch of things, uh, magapack.org, but we need your support. So go over to magapack.org, make a donation if you can. It helps everybody out that's doing this work uh, and um, on a daily basis. Also, use Red State as your promo code over at MyPillow.com. And with that, my name is Scott Adams. And my name is Leonor Cravetta. And we'll see you all next time on the radio. Bye-bye, buddy. Grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to there